Just before we start the episode, I want to give a huge shout out to SRH Sound for producing our intro track. No podcast is truly a podcast without a kick-ass intro. This is a human collective podcast. This is episode one. Hello humans, this is a Human Collective podcast with me, Ross Taylor. For 30 minutes each episode, I'll be chatting to my friends in arguably the weirdest industry on planet Earth, TV and film. And of course, I'll be keeping in the loop with the progress of Human Collective, a production company formed with the aim of bringing together our talented friends in content creation to make some cool shit. This first episode, I decided to kick it off with a bang by chatting about the launch of our first completed Human Collective project, Soundhunter. I was joined by the very two mates I just mentioned there, the other two founders of HC, Fergus Robinson and Keelan McRoberts. Keelan is a joint wheeling art director who transitioned smoothly from the live music industry to broadcast television. He has worked on some large scale productions, most notably for Sony and Netflix. Fergus originally had the mad idea of starting the Human Collective. He's also a filmmaker and the writer director of Sound Hunter. But before all this, they were just two mates who wanted to make a silly wee film. This was a film that took seven years to finish, and it was certainly a labour of love that filmmakers can relate to. How can you make a film with a zero budget and a handful of your mate's dusty equipment? How can you make blood out of items in your kitchen cupboard? All these questions answered and more. I didn't work in this film, but honestly, after seeing it and hearing all about the journey to getting it finished, I really wish I did. Enjoy! Hello guys, how's it going? Hiya! Finally! The very first episode of the Human Collective podcast. It's a pleasure to have you guys here. Um, I'm here with Keelan McRoberts, art director. I'm here with Fergus. Um, and I forgot your fucking second name right there. Robinson. And then Fergus. It's Fergus, man. Um, so yeah, Fergus. You, you, Fergus Robinson, good sir, uh, uh, designer, filmmaker. And it's a pleasure to have both you guys um, on the episode today. To be honest with you, like I, um, I, I just, we talked about you know bringing different people on and things like that. And to me, I just thought best thing to do for the first episode started off um, talking about you know a labor of love um, that we that is basically I w- I would say it's the first it's the first human collective project um, that we've launched that's fully completed. Um, but in the end, it was really, it's really a, a, a labor of love for you, uh, Fergus, and something that you guys have both been working on for close to seven years or so. Is that, would you say that, was, is that have I got the timings right on that? Yeah, but uh, like a, around uh, seven plus years, give or take, if I'm being honest. <laughs> nice one. Um, I mean, that's, there's a lot, it's a long time. Like it's a, it's a long time. And like, I think, you know, What's what has interested me about it is that like, you know, from what um, I've been I, before I even watched it, you know, Keenan had mentioned me about how it's been it was de- almost developing and improving as years had, had 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 gone by and the more time you put into it, the sort of more refined it had become. Um, I really enjoyed watching it personally. I think uh, I think it's a it's a great 
short. It's it's the perfect amount of time. I think it's a really clever concept. And you know, I haven't seen a lot of shorts that um, felt, you know, like they were they, they had the, they had their own vibe. Like they had, it was a very unique kind of watch. Um, but I, I guess my first my first question for you guys would be how do you feel once this once it's finished? Something you spent so I mean I've never I've never worked on anything <laughs> that's taken that long. Everything's been rather quick. Anything from sketches to even TV shows or anything. So how does it feel um, first and foremost to have it fully finished, polished off, and and you know you can move on? Um, yeah, I um, I think the first thing was really the, the question of well what do you do next especially considering something took that long um because you don't you kind of avoid thinking about that when you're trying to just focus on the one thing say focus it took seven years um, mm. um <laughs> i think a big part of that is that you know i i don't I don't necessarily regret it taking that long, but that was like a kind of like a, a standard that I could work from. I could make all the mistakes that I wanted, um, take as much time as possible. But now that I've done that, like that's that. And I, I wouldn't do that again. Now it would be um, taking a, bit, a few more risks and uh, developing something within a, a in a with a with a deadline um mm. and i think that's yeah i mean like difference. i guess sorry like my what what no it's okay uh, what was it that that was if you don't mind me asking like what was it that you know was part of that process that took it long was it a, a sort of a were you just feeling more of a perfectionist or was it issues with sort of budget and things like that or you know what what kind of sort of what kind of barriers were there, you know, that, that sort of resulted in this sort of time scale of the project? Well, I think one thing I would do is like, why did like I enter this, you know, like I knew from the beginning that I wasn't seeking funding because that would have dictated uh, an end product quite of a, of a certain time. And I wanted, I wanted, the weight to be on my own shoulders. I wanted time to make my own mistakes, um, be able to have an opportunity to be a, a perfectionist and um, things like that. But also, you know, kind of have no choice because, you know, we're just working with friends and they're kind of working on the, on the, on the, the kindness of their own hearts and something you kind of like have to respect whereas you know conventionally with anything else you've got a crew who kind of know what they're doing and, and what all those rules are however me doing this pretty much indulging in lots of different roles allowed me to sort of appreciate why a crew exists and know how to kind of get what you want out of it and that's something mm -hmm. that i'm extremely grateful for yeah um keelan i guess that that's 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 fitting you know for me I, I i'm interested to know about that career aspect and how important it was to everybody kind of 
moved into different roles and things like that like what part did you play in you know in sound hunter and what kind of significance did it have you know for you and your your career in as an art director um yeah well i think sort of sound hunter moved through a few different phases and i mean originally sort of everyone that was involved alongside fergus's sort of very creative mind and input into it was everyone else was sort of around having these organic conversations that led to a lot of the jokes that went into it and i think anyone that knows me or fergus would know a lot of the humor in sound hunter definitely reflects on sort of i guess just what our sense of humor is like in general um and i suppose that's one thing that you really sort of look to convey when you're producing any sort of comedy short um but yeah late, later on in the the short then once, once sort of the production had been going on for a few years and fergus was sort of looking to hurry it up a bit and try and sort of make some more progress on it then at that stage i was already working within sort of a crew environment in concerts and theater and stuff like that so we were sort of able to join up in that sense and bring more of a sort of organized, um, I, I mean, I guess a bit of organized chaos to the, the shoots. They definitely weren't that sort of, uh, production level at any point, um, by any means, but throughout the, the later days of the shoot, then they were definitely more organized in terms of us getting the sort of uh, visual content that we wanted and allowing Fergus then to take away what had been shot and work on it in uh, in relation to the sort of post-production side of things. Mm. And at the very, at this point, you know, okay, so you mentioned you were working within like crew and stuff like that. You, is this when you mentioned to me that you were working in like events and things like that? Was at that point you were working on live events and stuff? Uh, yeah, um, so towards the sort of, I guess, most of the sort of last of the the sort of visual side of Sound Hunter was shot sort of more towards the, the sort of four or five year mark and the last couple of years have mainly been post-production on it. But um, mm. yeah, at that stage, I was sort of just coming to an end of, I suppose, I think nearly 10 years in sort of a live event setting and working in very large crews with... Mm. Uh, everyone having very sort of tightly knit specific roles within the the crew yeah i mean for me i think that there's a there's a bit of a you know i can see how your kind of experience with you know working in, the, in that crew atmosphere could be brought into the kind of amateur filmmaking world but i'm also really interested in how the creative side you know comes into the um on the inspirations that, that perhaps you take over into making films and things like that because you know for me like you know the setups and the talking heads and things like that it has a feel to it you know it has a sort of warm feel and there's a sort of nostalgic feel to it as well um obviously i can see that fergus has a lot of kind of interest from the way it's from the from the graphics and you know this even the sound and things like that you know what kind of what was your kind of creative inspiration to kind of come in and say right okay so i know how this should look and i want you to trust me with that um where did that come from well it, it was actually i mean fergus's sort of vision made it so much easier in that sense and that fergus actually already had the the sort of entire aesthetic sorted fergus had sourced it 
good majority of the the um sets and props himself it was it was him that actually had that entire retro aesthetic sorted and i suppose to a degree at the time i was working in more sort of um uh i suppose tightly scripted sets in terms of theater sets and um concert setups being very sort of um well designed and you're sort of working to exactly the design so i it was almost one of my first steps out of very regimented design and um to a degree i was almost gaining a lot of experience and influence working alongside someone like fergus that already had a great vision for the aesthetic and maybe at times just needed a bit of hand putting it into practice yeah like and uh, fergus sorry go ahead sorry go ahead I was going to say, no, 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 you're okay. I was going to say, yeah, like, there wasn't really a uh, an authority between Keelan and I. Like, we were both, like, aware that we were kind of both um, just, like, I'd be like, what about this? What about that? You know? Um, and just trying to figure out how we can help uh, or how we can, like, sort of collaborate in just doing anything we can. But, you know, you were talking about that sort of like uh, like aesthetic. I mean, there was there was a particular reason for that look because I was working with a, like a low budget or next to no budget. Um, and I, I got kind of tired. You know, you see a lot of amateur filmmakers who, you know, make the excuse about like, ah, well, I don't have a massive budget or ah, like that. But I really wanted to see where I could kind of like up the production value in some sense um, without increasing the actual budget. And, um, you know, when I looked at sort of like old, like 16 millimeter um, films, you know, then you could say it was cheap. But now that there's a certain like aesthetic quality to it that people are very adamant on trying to kind of achieve and it was kind of having like some like compositing and uh, technical knowledge on how to achieve that and sort of uh, mimic that which has this sort of like kind of opposite without uh, you know <laughs> you're trying to visually downgrade it in a way so it feels that it's like Oh, it's it's bad because it's film and film is good, and um, so it was kind of like cheating that way. Mm. I mean, like to me, like I guess the feeling that I got when I watched it is that like obviously collaboration was such a massive part of it, of it and especially for those long-term projects when you have people who kind of believe in the vision of it and kind of want to stick around. And those days where you go to work and you're maybe you're shattered and you're you don't maybe you don't like your job and like you know you and it take you could tell there's people working on that that look forward to coming down and having a bit of crack because it just felt like crack i think that's like the best thing about mockumentary is you know making it feel like natural and i think the key to things being natural especially for that style is that people are having a good time and they're enjoying themselves and i think also the importance of giving people room to improvise on screen and to be able to kind of feel out the character and to get get a sense of you know the purpose of the sort of mockumentary the documentary you know um just um 
just give me a wee a wee bit on you know the the importance because i because i imagine like for this podcast i want people who are of all types of experience listening i would love for people to who are just starting off and making films people who make films avidly or people who make tv or feature films you know high budget or low budget whatever the budget and i think like um could you just could you keelan and you can chop on this if you want as well but just the importance of, of, of collaboration and you know the kind of um and that sort of lo- the lack of ego i think is that there's another great thing is the fact that you guys both had a kind of idea and you weren't afraid to kind of the fearlessness of not getting letting ego get in the way and kind of spitballing ideas and kind of work, uh, having that communication how important all those things are to the filmmaking process Fergus, you can go ahead first if you want. <laughs> um, well, like I, I, we had talked about earlier about kind of like, you know, Keelan had said about, um, you know, how he was getting into the industry, like progressively through it out. And myself included was doing different jobs. Um, but I think that was always like, that was always apparent, especially considering that it's a, a zero budget film is that you know you're not quitting your day job to do that and that's it is that is the appropriate attitude to have is that you want to be working and then they kind of sort of a sort of a cross meta thing you don't know whether like working at the side of with the sound hunter like helped um helped what you did and sort of your interests in 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 um in the industry and vice versa and um yeah like it became more of a i don't want to say hobby but it was like an excuse to to have fun but you know enjoying that sort of camaraderie of it all but also knowing that it's also going to be worth something in the end so um i think i mean you could you could argue that that's maybe why it also took so long because it was like ah what are you doing this weekend it's like oh i might have a moment or two to kind of do bits here and there so yeah nice and caitlin yourself um yeah i mean the i guess the the collaborative side of it was sort of um I, I guess towards the end very important in sort of getting it pushed along getting it finished and um sort of working on the, the sort of collaborative side of it was definitely a, a good lead in to um to sort of having those skills to collaborate which I feel are so important within um the industry especially in sort of lower budget entertainment and lower budget television um the the sort of the collaboration side of things is what makes it happen with such a small team and um you you're sort of only going to to get those skills to move on into the higher budget things by sort of understanding that at a lower level before you're 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 trying to collaborate sort of entire departments together and um uh sort of make things happen but i i guess at the the end of it sort of 
what collaboration really should be is people sort of having the um the lack of ego to be able to say like i know this other person can do this one thing much better than i can which is Mm. going to serve the overall project much better yeah i always felt like (laughs) yeah yeah, i always felt like that instinct is like it's a sign of somebody who's thinking like a producer and you know if you're not even if you're not trying to be a producer it's a great way to sort of uh, you know i think the best part about this is like the resourcefulness the kind of gorilla kind of um you know that that kind of that kind of let's just see how the hell we can get this done and you know you kind of beg borrow and steal your way into like putting out a a project and i think a lot of times that's like what people want to see you know at any level is that like when you come into a project that people want to see that like you know you'll do whatever it takes to get things done and i think at the end of the day like you know as you sort of progress in that craft you're you know the things you do might sort of change but the sort of mentality still sits there and it sort of develops and gets a bit maybe a bit stronger as well like whenever i was making you know sketches and things like that like we were doing stuff that just like i wouldn't even dream of doing it now but it was just like you know the kind of pro bono kind of services and people helping you and like nicking things for props and like you know just stuff that just you wouldn't necessarily think about now there's a kind of childlike sort of innocence but also a kind of it's it's it's, you know you can look back on something and be like shit like that really wasn't supposed to happen but like it did happen anyway you know um i think that's a good that's a good thing for anyone to have is that kind of um that kind of drive it to, to get to the end product no matter what and deliver it like to actually deliver it is the main thing because how many shorts are sitting there you know with a little with you know uh, you know 10 gigabytes of you know videos just sitting there not edited or anything you know we'll, we'll never know um <laughs> we'll never know yeah <laughs> um, so here what what um i'm interested like on the topic of getting shit done and you know delivering um i also i'm interested to know like what kind of challenges that you guys faced um you know whilst making it i know obviously if anything takes this long you're bound to have had a few your fair share of challenges so um caitlin if you want to jump in let me know let me dig let's dig up the dirt here tell tell me what exactly obviously it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows so tell me all about it Well, I guess, I mean, to go off what Fergus has been saying, like, challenge number one was getting availability from the the cast in relation to everyone having a day job and no one was mm. sort of, everyone was doing it out of sort of the good of their own hearts and wanted to be there for the, the project. Um, mm. But yeah, that I mean, that was a nightmare. Sometimes it was months before you could get someone and then you were constantly mm. jumping backwards and forwards. So it was a very, um, a very non-linear shoot. Not that any shoots really are linear when it comes to scripted stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, outside of that, all the, all the sort of normal challenges that would come with anything, but they were just sort of, I suppose, slightly more magnified because you only had a very small group of people working on them. Um, so, and, and Fergus, I mean, did the most of it himself. Like, I was sort of in the background, maybe sourcing the odd prop or sourcing the odd light or making sure that we had everything for the next shoot. But all the major yeah. hurdles, like getting a location or um, allowing 
random office buildings to allow us to come in and shoot for a couple of hours. Like, that was all on Fergus sort of using his charm to, <laughs> to convince people to allow us in. And, yeah, I mean, the, it was sort of, as I say, all the sort of normal challenges that come along with any production, just mm. sort of slightly more magnified due to the fact that there was really only two people for the majority of the time. Really only one person, Fergus, for the majority of the time, and me jumping in whenever I could to lend a hand. Make the odd cameo when required. <laughs> <laughs> the best acting it has to be the best like death scene that I've, I've probably ever seen like do a little if you don't mind oh Kate, oh, I would love that I've, if you would I've no, uh, I've no jam here <laughs> jam like, what's a jam yeah, you got to the outtakes where he's like sitting on the floor with his jam he's jam it's a serious just, just, just mouthfuls of jam that's some serious like blood clotting you've got there <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh my god that's 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 nice um yeah so so no you you didn't steal anything then everything was everything was bought and paid for and rented appropriately nobody nicked one single thing in order to, um, to be in sound hunter i mean i'm sure uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> minutes they could never get back <laughs> we definitely we definitely had some uh we definitely had some acquired items within the technical department i definitely wouldn't put it down to stealing oh. but uh they, they were uh borrowed and never returned let's say yeah it sounded like a true this is what a true art director would say acquired not stolen um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess i what what um what i i mean the whole message from the short that i gathered was you know I was, what I was taking from it was like the actually the the last message at the end was like you know it doesn't matter if something might not end up how you want it to be as long as you tried obviously I'm not saying that's what Sound Hunter is it obviously did end up being good but yeah <laughs> oh is that what it was right okay yeah it was just one final note I'm sorry if this is shit but I wanted to do it and it took me seven years so <laughs> um yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I know even having worked on it, it struck a chord with me. Like, the at the end of the day, obviously, we want people to to enjoy it, and no matter what you work on, I suppose you hope for some positive feedback. But mm. really, it it really was the the sort of ultimate lesson in in filmmaking for Fergus and I, mm. and yeah. At, at the end of it all it was what we took away from it it didn't matter whether people enjoyed it or not it didn't matter whether it was good or not um nothing could give us back the the sort of amazing times we had on set all the lessons we learned in terms of doing what we wanted to do and more than anything then the motivation to move on and do it as a a career beyond sound hunter and beyond sort of the the sort of personal passion projects and hobbies that Fergus and I, I think, have always had. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I just very quickly because we're we're coming down there the last few minutes uh, of this, but 
Uh, how much is the short about the audience and how much is it about the <laughs> making of the film? Uh, either one of you can jump in on that. But part of me thought that, you know what, the more shorts I see, the more I think really the important one is if you've actually learned a load of, you've learned a load of lessons. It doesn't really matter what anyone thinks about the short. At the end of the day, if it's amazing or if it's crap, you know, if you come away with something brilliant, you know, that you can take into the next thing, you know, it's more about the filmmaker. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think similar. I, to reiterate, it was sort of like you always hope that other people are going to enjoy whatever you've done if it's a creative project of, of any sort. So in a sense, it was for the audience to a degree. But I mean, yeah, looking back on it, it, it was sort of no matter what happened, it was for sort of Fergus was going to Fergus was going to make the short no matter what. So I guess it was for the crew at the end of the day. Um, I definitely take a lot more from sort of the experience gained on it. And to a degree, it was sort of the, the last hurrah of those sort of like summers you have as a kid making sort of films with a, Which a we handicam, did. you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was sort of, it, it was sort of, it definitely was like that last sort of it felt like that last childhood sort of film that you were making with friends so no matter what it was sort of always for the crew and i suppose me and fergus more so um but yeah yeah i mean we'll we'll always sort of um hope that people enjoy it for what we see it as well, um, I could absolutely say that, you know, I personally really enjoyed watching it. I've seen it a few times now um, because it seems to be that I watch it at different times. I see it in different ways. Um, I am really looking forward to being a part of that crew with you guys in the future for um, our Human Collective projects. I know, like, um, it personally inspired me from a comedy writer's perspective, you know, about, you know, getting those ideas out there, making it unique, making it your own. And, you know, it definitely showed that you guys were having a lot of fun, but it also was a really funny short. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next, the next few projects that we do. Um, we're coming up to the end of the podcast now. Um, but I want to thank you guys for coming on to the first episode. Um, and you know for me i think there's a lot of great stuff ahead um you know if you guys could just give me a little bit of uh give me a little bit of about why people should be oh my things going off there um about why people should be keeping up the tabs with human collective and you know um and why the next few months uh, the even to why 2020 is going to be a big year fergus you go ahead well, I think people should be looking forward to Sound Hunter 2, which I'm thinking is coming out 2037. 20, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, no, I think, I think, um, I mean, this is the kind of a big point of, of Human Collective is not necessarily just uh, producing um, shorts and uh, different productions but really to offer the sort of sentiments behind that and um, find out about people's different experiences and see if anybody relates. Class. Keelan, have you got anything else you want to add? Yeah, I mean, people, I think, 
should uh, sort of keep an eye on Human Collective for the reason that um, th there's plenty of other people out there like us that haven't taken linear paths into the industry and that haven't taken linear paths when creating their content and um, we've got a, a great lineup of those guys behind us already on the Human Collective website that I'm sure you'll see in the upcoming episodes and uh, for anyone either interested in the industry or interested in getting involved in the interest or the industry it'll be a, a sort of great follow along for for anyone the journey of Human Collective and it's sort of uh, it's a, a unique opportunity to see a, an indie grow from the ground up absolutely um couldn't have put it better myself um personally i've worked with basically everybody at some stage in some way um who we have involved with quite a few you know we've got uh, we've got quite a list of people we've got access to a lot of great things um a lot of great minds a lot of great equipment a lot of um a lot of um potential there for projects and different genres um you know and i i'm looking forward you know for us developing those things i, I know we've been ch chatting we've got lots of stuff in the pipeline now um but yeah i would urge anybody if they want to be involved if anybody wants to reach out to us do so come on to our website you know um drop us a message um more than happy to see you know where we could perhaps fit you into something if you're interested in keeping up the tabs with us follow the podcast follow us on follow us on the website follow us on all our socials um because there's certainly going to be a lot more to come and um stick with us in the podcast because we've got some great guests coming up over the next while um we work with some really amazing people in this industry in northern ireland i'm hoping to bring up as many people here and overseas as i can um thankfully thankfully the internet will give us a bit of freedom to do so so uh look thank you guys for listening thank you keelan thank you fergus and thank you we are out thanks for having us peace out Peace out indeed.